Adam seems nervous. I'm not nervous. I you're, can see it in his eyes. He seems like, nervous. You, <laughs> you guys are picking on me now. Adam is perched like an eagle on this chair. Yeah! Like his, his back is very far back, and he's like, "This is my what uh, mic." Is that? This is an AKG uh, 414. Nerd. Damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> It's, it's pretty. It's the best mic. I thought, the table. It was, I thought I spied that over there. Damn. You spied nothing of the sort. You just thought it was fancy. It's pretty great. No, I did. I thought it was a 414. It's got a windscreen. I like on it. it. You can't I'm tell. So sorry. No, though, because the buttons for the polar patterns. Like the polar ice caps, right? Welcome yeah, to like the this. Sound Chip <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the hell. Um, no, I do that. All, I do all that part later. This is fun. Um, hey Dan, what do you want to talk about well, today? This yeah. is fun, dude. We have a, a very full table tonight. Um, a little too full because we keep. Um, I keep coming to the conclusion of more people gets crazier, and then I'm like, okay, let's do another episode and invite more people. And I guess that's an accurate <laughs> depiction of my life. So, who's at the table today? Introduce yourself and uh, uh, who you are, and just kind of a brief, like one sentence about yourself. Uh, okay, so I'm Adam. I currently work front of house at Clovis Hills, and uh, yeah, my sentence is up. And you bought a lightsaber. And I, I bought a lightsaber. I'm super pumped. I'm going to take it with me I everywhere. Did. Use I'm, my force powers with it. I'm beyond excited to see that. Yeah. Uh, they call me J-Rod. And, uh, Who's they? Uh, just my friends, man. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, honestly, man, I'm just trying to get better at Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm better at Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> but not as good as some people at the table. Um, I am a musician and a uh, not the most creative mind at the table, but I'd say a decent, uh, decently creative person. Hopefully, I'm Tyler, and um, just happy to be here. You know, he's the best at Yu-Gi-Oh at this table. <laughs> he's the one that's good at really excited to be here. I also own a lightsaber. Like oh yeah, me too. Yeah. I own. I have lightsaber. I do not. Very proud of that fact. Not yet. Three not out of yet. five. Not of this ever. Table have a lightsaber. <laughs> I have maintained that I will only get a lightsaber if I win one. How are you going to win a lightsaber? Did I ever tell you about the time I won a 3ds? Nope. We don't need. Yeah, uh, we've been over this a yeah, lot. Same process. Oh my god. That's hey, so what do you want process. to talk about today, Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is all. This is all pre- subtext or pretext. Um, oh, okay. I wanted to really talk. Um, my biggest question today was: There's a few. I want to talk about the creative process. Um, all of us, in some way, shape, or form, have created something in mm-hmm. our lives um, in a you know musical endeavor. <clears throat> You just created that. <laughs> just created some great music. And uh, I just want this to kind of be a conversation about um, um, a couple different things. But the first place I wanted to really start was like, what um, what for you is the most, and, and we'll go around the table with this. And um, But the first question, yeah, what is the most satisfying part of creating for you? And anybody can start this one, whoever wants to. Probably like when you create this <laughs> josh can go first because he's um, good at going first thanks um i think the most satisfying thing to me about creating is being able to share it with people um and even taking out like um art forms that i've been a part of like music or you know something like that uh, even when i've just been able to create uh, art in and of itself or like even cooking for people or something like that or um being able to share that with someone is always 
the uh, most most satisfying thing to me is is the community aspect of it. Um, for me, it's like I'm like the exact opposite. Like, I don't really care if people see what I create. Um, like as far as like music goes, like I've like written stuff on my own that I've never shared with anybody, and like I'm just happy with it. Like when I like write stuff and I like how it sounds and it makes me feel cool, like good, and I feel like I've made a sound that represents uh, an idea that I have or a feeling that I have. Like it's just I don't know, it's satisfying. I would actually agree with both of you guys in this case, in a way. Of course, Adam. Oh. <laughs> well, one of my favorite parts is like being to like personally create something that has never existed before, something completely unique by taking stuff that you've experienced before. Um, and then on the opposite end of that, getting to share that and hopefully inspiring others with, with your unique creation in a way that nothing else could have done. So I, th- I find like the beginning, the first part and the second part, both the creation part and the sharing part are both equally satisfying to me. For me, it might also be that I've never really uh, like created stuff to the extent that I feel like I want to share a lot of it. Like, I mean, I think that if I was doing it more and I, um, I don't know, I was like playing shows or showing people what I've done more than I might enjoy sharing it more. I just, I've never really done that. I don't, I don't really know if it's because I don't want to or because I haven't felt confident enough or whatever. I feel definitely the second part of that. I never feel confident enough. Like, I have books and journals upon journals and locked notes and hard drives of things I've written that I hate. Same. I've gotten halfway through and stopped. And I mean, it was only really till about a year ago when I even had the courage to like blog. Yeah, but at some point, like, should that really matter? You know, like, I, I, I relate personally more with what J Rod said originally in that. My favorite part of the creative process is the process itself. Like I, I could care less what happens with what I create most of the time, unless I go into it like it's something that I'm being like directed to create. Then yeah, I definitely care about the outcome because it's not just my standard that I'm trying to meet. But if I'm just creating, my favorite part is the process, and really the end, the end like sharing it or releasing it or whatever your art form is. Um, that part is just the last step in the process. And I'm almost checked out by that point, to be honest. So I think that's hard for me because I find myself like, I want creating to be something that I share. Like kind of what Ansel said of, you know, he enjoys getting to share it with something. But I think for me, I use that as the, sometimes as the reason, you know? So yeah. I, I get strangled by it a little sometime where I'll, mm-hmm. my process tends to be, okay, I want to create something for somebody, for somebody to maybe enjoy or be like, that's awesome. Or that kind of resonates with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I spend the entire time agonizing over this is not good enough. This is... I don't even understand this. This is what yeah. like, I do with it. That'll always be a part of it, but it's just at some point, like you have to accept art for what it is. You know, the process is the process, and what's going to come out is a reflection of you. And yes, there's a, like a definite, super high degree of vulnerability to that, but it's like I don't know. Like, Dude, like, sorry to cut you off. Um, like when I was in my like you know stupid metal band in high school, and we were we, we were like you know in in our jam room trying to write songs to play gigs at you know um, like it definitely felt like we were writing things that we hoped people wanted to hear, 
And writing with that mindset, uh, it like strangles you at, at a certain point. Like it, like it just, it, it, it forces all of the genuine honesty that your art would have to just like be put on the back burner and try to put something that other people are going to like. And I've really found over the years that the more I get away from caring what people think about what I'm making and the more I get to like just what I feel like I want to make the stuff that I like for me, like when I write for me, as cliche as that sounds, I'm just doing it for me. Um, like that's really when my most honest work happens. And, yeah. the, and, and then it's the stuff I'm most, most happy with at the end. Yeah, it's totally all about authenticity. I think it always comes back to authenticity because if you're being authentic, whatever comes out is your art and that's just it. For some people, their art is writing or creating what other people want to hear. That could be their art form. But um, if it's not, which with most people it isn't, I think there's a reason we have such a diverse culture of art in the world, obviously. And uh, why, why, why strangle yourself with, some, with trying to be something else? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's interesting because I've definitely felt that the pressure I've put on myself at times has actually pushed me to be better. Sure, yeah, and it totally will. Yeah. It totally will. It's it sometimes it's hard for me to strike that balance. I'm really curious about your position because out of all of us at the table, you are probably the most into I don't want this to sound negative, but art for hire. Sure. You know, yeah. that's the easiest way to put it. Mm-hmm. Like how is that different for you than creating something that's like entirely your own? Like for the, you or Yeah. It's way different in terms of just, well, I mean, the simple fact that it's there's art for hire and there's art for, for you. That's a huge difference in and of itself. But I don't typically do something that even as, even in a situation that it's art for hire, I don't typically do something if it's me just faking it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I typically end up in a field or a position of doing creative work that, is within the realm of my natural cre- creativity. Um, so yeah, it's always different creating something like, it's almost like a creative like art order. Like somebody created this order and you're going to use your creativity to fill that order. And it's always different if you have your end goal before you have where you started, if that makes sense. Where you start Sorry, hold on. I'm getting confused. If you know where your end goal is before you even start, that's going to change the whole process. You know, then that's the mm-hmm. biggest difference. It's it's more of a formulaic difference than it is a uh, a creative difference to me. Like in in terms of like what makes you inherently creative and your process that is particular to how you create. Mm. Does that make sense? So you're just saying that essentially, in some of those occasions, you have an, a specific end goal in mind that changes essentially the creative process to get there. Yeah. Whereas you can be more just led by your own passions otherwise, musically. Yeah, creative. yeah. When you're just like sitting down to just be creative, which actually happens a lot less, I think, than most people would realize. Um, when you actually just sit down to do that, you're just going where your creativity takes you. But when it's um, a little bit more of an organized situation, yeah, I just think the basic fact that you know your end goal before you're 
before you even start is going to change the whole thing. Well, and, and it's weird because I think most of, I know for me, most of what I do, I think the bulk of things I do creatively, it's about split of what's, you know, art that has an end goal at the beginning and what's just me sitting down and doing something. And the, the difference for me is that those are two different mediums usually. When I'm doing when I'm doing something that has an end goal, it's usually, you know, music related or like producing something related. Whereas, hey, we have a you know a church service or an event, and it needs this and it needs this by this time, and kind of fit into kind of has a little bit of a box to it, where there's like you can't go crazy. There's a certain amount of walls, you know, mm. and it's. That's a little. That can sometimes be a little easier for me. I think it's um, way easier. Yeah, I, th- well, I actually prefer it. Yeah, well, because for me, when I'm just being creative, like the medium's way different. When I'm just being creative for the sake of being creative, I know for me, the biggest time that I find myself in that moment is when I'm just writing, like not writing music, but just writing words. Yeah, and I because I've been incredibly into writing in the last year and a half, and that's me sitting down with. I don't really have to do this, like. Nobody's waiting for me to write something profound for them or write something cool. Like this is just me doing it on my own time. And um, I, I think sometimes I find that easier, and sometimes um, it, it's like stifling to me. So I'm like, I get I'll, I'll get discouraged with it too easily. Yeah. Um, I find it harder a hundred percent of the time. Literally, every case, personally. And is that just because you're you're trying to draw from something completely blank, or yeah, I'd rather even have some like even if it's small, some semblance of a of a direction. Um, like you're not in a box per se. I, I like I typically try not to jump into situations where you know the majority of the creative process is already decided for you. You know, unless you know it is a situation where they're bringing you in more logistically. If that makes sense, then to be creative. But if it's a creative thing, like I don't know, it's it's. I think it's most easy to create when you have a goal in mind because the biggest problem for me in the creative process, just sitting down to create, is like where am I going? And I end up getting this weird like Frankenstein of ideas that don't really make sense, which. Yeah, you can you can break up into, you know, four different things and then go from there, but it's just harder. To me it's way harder and it's a lot more uncomfortable. Not and not in the way that is like a comfort zone issue, but more like it's just more uncomfortable in that it's like it feels more forced for me personally, and it's different for everyone. Some people just vomit originality and creativity like it's it's no big deal. But for me, just having a goal, even just something to latch on to. Dude, if we're talking about like just the creative process and what that looks like when you're like, I don't know, writing a song, um, I definitely kind of feel the same way where it's like when I'm just trying to be creative and trying to write what comes to my heart or what my fingers decide to do on the guitar sure, yeah. or whatever it is, you know, like it, I get really fragmented stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and like it doesn't, like nothing more really flows together. Yeah, it's a lot and, of nonsensical. Yeah, yeah, like, so like, it's, like, so, like, it's like it's music, you know, but like yeah. there's nothing coherent that comes out of it, you mm-hmm. know, but then I'll be like, you know, I'll just for the heck of it, I want to write a super pop punk song. 
and then I'm going to do every, I'm going to write all of it. And then like I do it and it's like, okay, it's like cheesy or whatever, but like that's something. And like that there's a coherent thing that it was four minutes long that all works together, you know, instead of sure. all these little parts that I kind of would make otherwise. So I think for me personally, like having, having that end goal of like, this is what I want this to be. And then figuring out from there is a more natural way to do it than like just, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I definitely agree. Mm. Process wise. I think it's, I think it's the more, the more left brained approach to something that is inherently right brain. So we're on the right side of the brain per se, you know, but I think that's the more logistical, logical. Dude, I was just thinking today about that, the kind of like the science of music. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is like studying science, like in school and stuff, but it's also like trying to like do music and stuff. Like it's just a super interesting dichotomy in my life that I'm always like trying to figure out how to juggle mm-hmm. and like, I feel like it's so split so much of the times where it's like, I don't know how to like be like artistic when like, it's just ones and zeros going on in my mind and like, you know, all the rules that I see with it. Adam knows what I'm talking about. Adam's all, Adam knows all about rules. He's a composition yeah. Yeah. major. Adam's, Adam's a composition major. How does that? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, yeah, Josh is Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Josh. Um, I hope you'll forgive me. <laughs> and I, so today I kind of had this idea that it's like, it's, there's actually kind of, it's kind of cool. Like if you approach art from a scientific standpoint and then vice versa, even approaching a science from an artistic standpoint, there's a lot of, like I don't know freedom that comes from that I think that like logic reason will give a lot of freedom to art because I don't know it's probably just how my mind works you know like I just sure flow in those ways better and I don't I don't want I I I can't fit myself into an artistic mindset you know Mm -hmm. like that doesn't really work yeah yeah sometimes a more formulated approach is how it is for some people and that's Creative process. So, Adam, you're a music major. How does that change you being creative? Do you does it put you more in a box, or does it open you up more? Because for me, I feel that would put me way more in a box. Uh, kind of, yeah. Because like when I when I was in college and I had my composition lessons, I'd say one of the biggest things that I took away from that is my my composition teacher said you should never be in your comfort zone when you write. You should always try something new. You should always try and stretch yourself as a composer with each new piece that you write. And so that was a goal I had with every new project I took on is whether it be if I wrote it on the computer one time, I would try and write it by hand the next time, or just if I came up with the title, the very last thing for one piece, I'd try and do that the very first time next, next time around. And there's just... Is almost like a game where, like, every single time you try and do something new, um, and you just continue to stretch yourself. Because if you're comfortable, then you're not growing as a as an artist. Sure. So yeah, it's, that was kind of really awesome. One of my biggest lessons from from college. So how do you get uncomfortable with all the rules? Um, one of my favorite parts about learning rules is learning how to break them and learning how to break them well. So yeah, I spent like hours and hours learning theory and studying scores and all of that was just for the purpose of learning how to do them my way instead Mm -hmm. of the hundreds of ways that have been done before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'd say you learn the rules to break them and not to follow them for the most part. A lot of the rules matter, Mm. but you're equipped to do so much more too. I feel like I find people who don't go the more traditional route, yeah, they can be super creative, but like I think there's a balance because they end up missing out on so much of what even diving into 
composition and arrangement type stuff a little bit will expand just in what you're able to do, even if you aren't going to school for it, you know. It's just so many more tools in the toolbox. Right. The other question I kind of had, and I figured this one would probably take longer than the first one, um, but, you know, we talked about how it's more, um, you know, it's a little more difficult sometimes for most of us to do, um, we're about split in the middle of how hard it is to do something when there is no end goal or how sometimes that's easier or, um, my big question I have is how, um, how does your ability to create like tie in and relate to your emotional state at the time? Like the things going on in your life, the things going on in your head. Like there's very much a, you know, a stigma of the musicians and the artists being the troubled ones, being the like different type of people, sometimes the more emotional people, but the majority of people at this table are more calculated than emotional anyway. And so how, where's the relation between those? I know where it is for me, but I want to hear where it is for you guys. I kind of share where it is for me. For me, music is, is such a big world and such a big part of, it's like its own dimension that, when I'm going through a hard time or a really great time or whatever, it's so it's so vast that it's compartmentalized almost in a different way. Like if I'm having a really hard time or going through a really tough time, when I go to music, it's to get away from all that. So I'm typically not just, and I think this is why people view musicians or creatives, you know, how you had just described, I don't amplify it by going and just wallowing in it by only doing that type of song or something like that. For me, it's just this complete other thing. It's almost like a complete other room of my mind where I just, it almost doesn't matter what's going on. Um, I'm not going to I typically, I would sooner do the opposite than feed directly into exactly what I'm going through, if that makes sense. Because hmm. that's how compartmentalized it is for me. It's just a completely different thing. It's like its own being. Do you feel like that makes it impersonal? Like your art, the, the music you're making? No, because at any time I'm going through something, the inverse opposite, I've at this point you know, experienced something like that too, and that's what I'm looking to, if that makes sense. To me, when you're in a certain point um, it's hard to explain I'm just looking to an entirely different time almost an entirely different feel because um, like if it's, if it's a negative real life situation I think more about what, what could I make exactly the opposite about right now that would make make this better, and then I find myself in a different mindset entirely. So I end up cruising off something that's not necessarily at face value right now, but to me, uh, it's the healing, hmm. if that makes sense. Hmm. And I think it's just as authentic, even though I'm not being like, here's a snapshot of my life right now, feel what I feel. Yeah. 
it doesn't have to be that way. I think, I think that, and, and this is just my personal opinion, I think that's the easier way, and I think that's the much more common way. And I think that's why the majority of musicians, you can see them as like, you know, you look at a Taylor Swift, and she's always talking about breakups. <laughs> or, I know we have 1975 fans here, but Matt Healy's always whining about something. <laughs> and it's just like, that to me is like the, the, the really, it's, it's just, it's a little bit more A plus B equals C to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that I devalue it as a, as a creative process at all, but the, the, it's almost like one more step for me is, is easier. It's just, it, it's easier to write from where I'd like to be um, ver- with experience versus just amplifying um, what I'm feeling right now in that I'm looking for healing and an art is definitely that for me. Yeah. God, I love that idea of writing from where you'd like to be because I don't do that at all. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't always have to be that way, but I just find, especially with negative times, you know, yeah. art art is a beautiful thing, creative process is a beautiful thing, music is a beautiful thing. It use it to heal, and 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 I find that that's actually the easiest way for me to heal from things. To me, that sounds like almost it being a more personal place it's coming from because it's like this this reserved part of Ty's soul that we're getting every time we listen to his music aside from what we see like face-to-face mm. in some occasions. Mm. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a big part of it. I think for me, um, I feel like the more, um, depending on you know, where I'm at emotionally, um, I tend to f- almost want to flee from art because I feel like there's almost a, something that I'm supposed to live up to or maybe even a standard I'm supposed to upkeep. And so, um, I don't know, I feel like as I retreat into myself, I also retreat from art. Like, to be honest, like, perfectly straightforward, um, I know that I'm in a bit of a dry spell right now and I haven't really gotten to create as much as I have you know, liked, uh, would have liked to in the past, um, and even over the past few years, that's been slowly kind of uh, withdrawing a little bit. Um, and I think that my natural inclination is to um, do other things and substitute other things for art. But at the same time, that's driving my desire to be an artistic person or to um, really push myself forward. So it just it's very it's very frustrating, basically creating this own depression that's basically pushing you away from the thing that you care about. Mm. That makes sense. Um, I don't know. It's just a really weird, weird experience to be going through, you know? Mm. When for you is the last time you would say you truly created something? When I truly created something, um, I mean, it depends on it depends on what you feel is you know creation. I mean, I I definitely view like live performance as creation. Um, when I've felt creatively the most free is actually oddly enough when I feel like I'm in a very structured environment. Um, so I mean, whenever you know Ty and I have the opportunity to play together and to do you know what have you, uh, be it camps or you know what have you. Um, I feel very free in that, in that knowing that the performance that I'm, you know, giving is a creation 
um, that, that is mine to give, um, that it's something that I'm doing um, to share with other people. Um, but that being said, I mean, I, I mean, I used to write with friends and, you know, be in little small dumb bands and you know have fun doing that as well um and even outside of just music like being able to um i used to actually i used to have this huge collection of windows uh that i would just paint on oddly enough so i actually i'd cleared out my garage and laid down a bunch of like parchment paper and just laid out a bunch of windows and just painted on them and we ended up actually i've used them in conjunction with music as like an art piece. Um, but even just for my own personal, like, um, enjoyment for my own personal expression, um, just being able to go out to the garage after a long day's work and be able to just paint and, you know, hang out with my own thoughts. And, um, I don't know, I think in the past few years I've kind of retreated from that in a way. And I know that right now I, I find myself really consistently looking for avenues to create, and looking for those opportunities, um, but then again, kind of being my—I I find myself being my own worst enemy in that capacity. Does that make sense, or is that just the ramblings of a crazy person? No, it makes a, <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's weird. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I felt like over the last. I went from a period of about last September through last February-ish, March-ish, mm-hmm. of doing an incredible amount of writing, like a right. lot of it. Like I, I, I think, but so between about 2010 through 2015, I about 2010 is when I got got started in enjoying the blog, and I think in those. F- almost five years worth, about four and a half years worth, I wrote like a total of six or seven things, like total in a five-year span. Mm -hmm. And then in the period of about about July of last year through about February, March of this year, I wrote almost one or two things a week. And it was a more common thing. Like it was just happening often. And for me, it was that was in a more, I guess you want to call it dark phase of my life mm-hmm. of just going through really challenging times of trying to, you know, figure myself out and figure out everything that was happening in my life. Right. Be it personal, professional, family, whatever, you know, trying to figure these things out. I had, you know, people always. The people I, I've worked with at church have always joked over the years of whenever whenever they'd write some whenever I would write something they wouldn't even have to read it they'd just come up to me and be like are you okay and, like, and it was no because it's probably all emo and depressing and shit and you're like yeah and but for but for me like it's very interesting because in the last you know roughly three months I've been in a I felt like I've been in a very good place and I felt like more you know spiritually fulfilled lately and more you know just in a much better place and things are changing very rapidly in my life and I'm actually looking forward to them and Mm. things have been going way better for me but as a result of that I've had nothing to write about I feel 
Because I honestly don't know how to write about good times. And it's kind of the opposite of Tyler, who, you know, you said, you know, when you're, when you've got things going on in your life, you want to, you want to write to what you hope you could be, you know, Mm -hmm. and where things should be. And and like, kind of portray the opposite almost of what's going on, it feels like. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm so not used to doing that, that. Mm. I've almost felt like things have been better for me, and so I have no material to write about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The The idea, like, at least for me, is just as, like, a human being and for my own mental sanity, I can't, I've found that I can't afford to write about and dive insanely deeper or create something about where I'm at if I'm super depressed or something or I'll lose my mind like and I find that it just amplifies it and I become super emotionally unstable super rash super emo and depressed and it's just like regardless of how that affects anyone else around me which is it, it does greatly just for my own personal health it's just not good because I think creatives, no matter how they show up, feel things very intensely anyways. Mm. So for me, it's just like, I can't even really afford to write about, you know, this thing happening because it just happened, if that makes sense. And I find that I, I'm, I'm actually probably more dishonest, just not because I'm trying to lie about something, but because there's just this fog and I'm not thinking like myself during that time, if I were to dive deeper into it, that when I'm sad and I write about something more positive, giving a positive light to my negative situation, it's more honest than if I were positively writing during a positive time because I'm looking at what truly matters. That's just, this is just how it is for me. And when I'm writing about something positive, or, or no, sorry, when I'm feeling positive, looking back on a really negative time, I feel like I can do it more honestly because I'm not mm. just being like, whoa, I'm feeling crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, oh, I'm just so sad and I want to write about it. <laughs> it's more just like, oh man, I'm, I'm more even keeled now. I can see, <clears throat> I can see that I can look back on that sad, sad yeah. time objectively and I can see. Why did I feel the way I did? Is it the Why way? did I recover from it? Yeah. And what was it really? What was the core of the issue? And write about that when I'm feeling good and I can see things clearly about that sad time and vice versa about sadness looking at, you know, where. Well, it's like it's like a form of escapism almost. It but like, literally it's like a is. positive escapism almost. It's literally escapism, emotional <laughs> escapism, but putting it to art so it's not. It's not scary so or whatever. <laughs> so I definitely do like the exact opposite. Like yeah. I, like I'm, I definitely when I am feeling a certain way, I try to express that feeling and what I'm writing at that moment. And you know, honestly, like I don't write a whole lot of words, and when I do write words, it's usually in essay format. Like I don't do a whole lot of poetry. Yeah. Um, so like when I'm like, I don't know, just like playing like like freaking bass or you know whatever it is. Like I, I tend to play what I'm feeling in the moment and. Um, I've noticed that some of the my favorite stuff that I've written has been like um, when I've been feeling a certain way and I've put that feeling into into music, 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a cool thing. First of all, I'm going to say that you can put like emotions into notes and then like you can come back to them and it's like the same feeling. Um, and then like I would come back to it after I've moved on from that phase, like what you're saying, and then look at it more objectively and say like, oh, that's kind of what was happening here and I'll expand on that. That's kind of like how I do it. And I think that mm. for me, like I don't try to escape what I'm in. I try to like let it out almost like I, like if I have the, like if I'm, if I'm sad or, you know, if I'm like going through an existential crisis, which I do almost like every other night, like all, all like that, that, that stuff, like that stuff like moles around in my mind sure. and like, it just like, it like stays in there until I let it out. Mm-hmm. And whether that's writing something like words or, just jamming some freaking metal and drop A, you know, like that's like that that stuff. It's like, it's soothing to me. Like that's one reason why like I love metal so much because like when I'm feeling just so frustrated, like I can just let the sound speak for me and then like, Oh, like it's been said and now like I feel better about it. And the sound is angry. (laughs) The sound is very (laughs) (laughs) it's weird because for me it's a catharsis like I write based on what I'm feeling and most of my writing like I need to learn like I think my biggest challenge for me that I'm trying to stretch myself in is when when I feel balanced and when I feel good I need to write about it Mm because I because I don't because I never have I've just never trained myself to do it um because for me, what happened is when I was going, when I've gone through really just difficult times in life where I feel like everything is chaos around me, I'll write about it in that moment and in that like broken state of mind. And for me, it's letting it go. Like for me, that is almost me purging it from myself. Yeah, same. And saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm in this like really like jacked up mental state right now and just in a place that I don't understand and that I'm hurting and I'm going to put it out here and it actually like is a form for me of like soothing my soul. Like it, for me, Mm. it's a form of, you know, it's a form of prayer. It's a form of confession at times Mm -hmm. of let me take these things that are inside me because I like, I'll tell you and I have talked about the opposites that we feel in life sometime, like Mm -hmm. how we just, like yes, we understand the same concepts, but we just we approach them in opposite ways. Mm-hmm. And I I find it very hard to compartmentalize things. Almost, I think there's a healthy level of compartmentalization, but I think sometimes I do it to a fault of blending things together. Um, like, um, it's hard for me, and so um, I I find myself in a spot where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take whatever's in me right now that's what's going to be expressed right here. I'm going to let it out and, and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Cause I've had a lot of friends of mine who I've shared this, some of the, some of the stuff I write with, like I love to, I love to blog because it started some decent conversations with people over years of like, you know, I'll talk about something that's going on in my mind and the, and I've had people who I've talked to afterward who are like, yeah, I, uh, I think that's what I'm feeling. And I'm like, that's mm. awesome. Like, I'm still trying to figure it out, but like, I, good luck to you as you try to figure this out. And I've had a lot of people who have, like, I've had a couple of friends who have started doing the same thing, who have started writing out of those things to kind of let them go. It's almost like a release. 
I don't know if that's healthy. Like it totally is. I think it yeah. is. Like the biggest thing that I've just listened to you guys, like we all have separate or I guess slightly different methods of why we create. They all seem to be like in pursuit of like a, a therapeutic pr- uh, solution. Like if we're in some place right. dark, creating helps us like get through that. Whether it be um, if we're in a dark place, we think about something bigger, brighter, so it can help lift us back into, I guess, a normal state, help balance us out. Or if we are in a dark place and we write uh, about it straight, straight out, that'll help like drain it instead of, uh, I guess, uplifting us in a way. So they both seem like ways to help get us back to I don't know what the right word is norm normal. normalcy or yeah, something normalcy. like yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's something like I've I've always enjoyed about the creative process too. It's, it's a way to express yourself, and it's a way to it's a, it's a type of therapy to be honest. Like, yeah. Can, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say the the question that I found myself asking because I feel like the most natural thing is the way you guys described it. Like it, that's totally normal. And I right. think that's that's the that's what you see most of the time. Um, I just found myself asking, is this really therapeutic for me when I do it this way? Hmm. And for the longest time, I just thought, yes, 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 because that's how everybody around me has always done it. That's how I was told it typically is done. Not told it had to be done, but told it's typically done. Um, But it just wasn't. And eventually I finally realized like it was doing me more harm than good to amplify and and kind of mire myself in it, um, and that's why I ended up how I am now. But um, yeah, totally agree with the therapeutic thing because that's mm-hmm. essentially what it is to me. Is just a uh, it, it's it's how creatives uh, to me at least or for me personally, it's how I connect with God in the most real of ways. Oh, yeah. um, and I feel like. It's probably true for everyone at this table, mm. um, but I'm I'm when I'm in the middle of something, more wondering what's what's next or what the solution is or whatever, and that's how I came to find the process that I have now. Yeah, I think that's the beauty about creating. I think is that we can have this. We can have one question, five different solutions. Exactly. Um, it should be different for everybody. Like, and, sure. yeah, it should be very unique to each individual person who decides to create something. Yeah. I was wanting to ask actually, um, and, and just kind of tying into what Ty was saying. Um, tying, tying in. Tying in. Yeah. Yeah. This is a joke on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, fantastic time. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was wanting to ask you guys, um, if you guys, are you guys able to, to force yourself to create, like, can you guys make yourself create, like, under pressure? Or totally. no, um, totally, yeah. Because again, like, uh, kind of what Ty was saying, like, how it's, um, you know, like, creation is kind of how we can connect with God, can kind of like dig dig, dig, dig a little bit deeper into like our spiritual selves and all that stuff. I know that, like, for me, again, like, when I feel like I'm in a point when I'm like running from God or like running, not something that's like overly spiritual or whatever, but like. <laughs> Uh, when I feel like I don't want to face those things, it's so much harder for me to create because I feel like if I do that, that's what I associate with a spiritual experience. Do you guys feel similarly? I can't force myself to create. 
Well, it's because you and I are both very emotional people. Dude, so. It's true. Like, <laughs> I'm in the, I, I get myself to... Well, it, what's hard about it is I know... Well, you don't need to be so emotional. <laughs> what's hard about it is I know, like... I know the feeling I get when I create, and I know what a release it is for me. Mm. And I think that's internally... when I When I have those moments when I'm in those places and I just can't create... I think that's inside me. Like it's just me holding on to stuff. I think mm. I know. Like, hey, all I know sometimes. Like, hey, all you need to do, like, if you're in this place, you're in this place that's not really great. Well, you need to have some time with God. You need to have some time creating and writing something and getting those thoughts out because that's your that's your way of you know, analyzing things and coming to a conclusion and coming to a safe, logical conclusion. But I think sometimes in my head, I just get to these places where it's like, I don't like, fuck it. I don't want to do that. Like, I just, I want to be in this like mess sometime. Like, and that's just, right. an emo- that's an emotional thing. It's a childish thing to do. It just happens sometimes. We're like, I don't, maybe I don't want to let this go yet. And that's sure. when I think I find myself not creating is when I'm like, I don't want to let this go. And it's weird because like, that's as far as the creating for myself thing. As far as the creating for others goes, dude, when I'm in a pretty messed up state, it's oh, it can be hard for me sometimes to like create something genuine for others. Like mm-hmm. when I like when I was first wrestling with God over this, hey, what's your next step in life going to be? Like you need to move on from that. You need to get ready to go away. Like when I when I figured out I was going to be going away for school and I wasn't going to be holding my same job anymore next year, and it was like, hey, everything that you've found solidity and stability in your life in the last few years, like mm-hmm. that you've found your like refuge and identity in, is all going away. That right. was my last year of saying, hey, everything that you've made your identity for the last three years, hey, that's all going away soon. And for me, it was so hard at the beginning of that to say, well, okay, now go create something great for this church service hmm. or for these kids. And I was like frustrated and I was like, God, I, I want to do this because I still believe in this and I still care about this and I'm passionate about this. Mm. Um, and I know like the amazing feeling I feel when, when I pull this off and when we put together something that's bigger than the people around me and that we do something awesome. Um, man, it's hard sometime. Like I just, I don't want to create, I put out something that I'm not proud of at times when I'm in that state. Um, yeah. I'll put out something that, you know, it's just me winging it. Just more because you had to. Yeah, exactly. Just because I, I had find. to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm just agreeing. It's, it's, it's difficult because I, I, I think for me, like, it's hard when you're when what you create is so a tied to your emotional status and for me tied to my identity sometime of I've set my identity the last few years of my life as a worship leader and as a producer and as a as a creative that um when I'm feeling when I'm questioning myself the most and I'm questioning my identity the most I'm like well why the hell am I doing this like mm. I can't put my whole heart into it what was the question? 
I got halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had an answer, but oh, I, I got way. It's, uh, can you force yourself to create? Or uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Into our third yeah. point. Right? Yeah. Can yeah. You force yourself to create. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, style. you're halfway there. From prison to palace. <laughs> I'm just reading. <laughs> just reading my VBS shirt right now. <laughs> we keep Daniel's these, journey from prison to palace. Dude, we keep getting into these damn Middle Eastern VBSs. Three. We've only done three VBSs in the history of our church, and it was um, the first year was uh, wilderness escape, and it was like them leaving Egypt. God, they're out of Egypt, please, my God. (laughs) Anything else? And then the second year was Hometown Nazareth, where Jesus was a kid, and this year's Egypt. And it's like, all of the theme songs for VBS are Middle Eastern, and I create create something. (laughs) (laughs) So there's the tie-in. I'm just noticing, that's a lot of colors on that t-shirt. That's a very very expensive t-shirt. It's probably really expensive t-shirt. Yeah, Yeah. uh, they really shelled out for that, dude. It looks good, And what's the return on that really going to look like, to be Mm, honest? It doesn't matter, it's beautiful. I took three of these t-shirts. It takes me, takes me back to Cairo. Oh, you know? oh my lord! They printed too many. <laughs> wow, man! But I guess it's not really our fault that the Bible pretty much takes place entirely in the desert, right? <laughs> it's like Star Wars in that way, you know. Yeah. Well, no, it's funny because I see all these other churches doing underwater VBS or you should space do space control VBS, um, Star Wars BBS. Next year we're Star Wars BBS, Star Wars BBS, Star Wars BBS, BBS. Oh my god, dude! If you do a Star Wars BBS, VBS. I will do whatever you want. <laughs> we'll do that next year. Challenge accepted. So can you create when you don't feel it? No. <laughs> it's just simple Star for me. Wars simple <laughs> when I got it, I got it. And when I don't, I don't. Boom. It's over. So what happens when you don't got it and somebody's paying you to have it? Um, well, I got in that it. case, you got it. <laughs> I guess I got it. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I, I mean, you have to meet your deadline, obviously. But you either got it or you don't. And uh, sometimes you got to find a way to crank something out. And unfortunately, it's not going to be as good if your deadline is tomorrow and you're doing it right now and you don't got it today. Yeah. So don't wait till the day before. Lesson one. Lesson two, (laughs) um, I don't know, give yourself as many opportunities to get creative, try to get in the mode, and find out if you got it or not. Because... If you try 10 times, chances are one of those you're going to have it. Hopefully. And the rest of them you can archive away <laughs> yeah. for a later date. Yes. And you just you know, pull it out your butt. Into you the know. archives. Yeah. Into the, uh, into the old archives. Oh, I do have my own folder on my computer. It's like billions of just scrapped ideas. Same. <laughs> it's amazing. Same, dude. I have old iPhones full yeah. of voice memos, too. Um, the archives. So, like, in my, I guess, separate world of studying classical music in college... Uh, almost every single composer I either studied or talked to in person, they all say, like, the piece is never really done, or at least done to the extent where they want it to be. The only reason they finish that last bar is because of a deadline. And that's, like, the biggest motivational tool really? for everyone. Like, Very interesting. Ten out of ten times. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like a whole different world. It's, in a perfect world, they'd have 20 years to write a symphony or whatever, but somebody's got the checkbook and they say, this date, we're having our symphony play it. So It makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Especially because most of us are working in context where it's like 3.30 to 4.30. We're talking like they could do 80 pages if they wanted right. to. And you know, you got to end it at some point. You could go movement after movement <laughs> yeah. after movement after movement. But it's got to end at some point. 
Are why are you doing that? I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm why like, is that necessary? It's not. We're talking. I'm creating, though. <laughs> Tie-in. They're notes for me when I edit this podcast, probably. I was just talking about the archives. Oh, the archives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How do you feel about that, J-Rod? About the archives? No, not about the archives, but the question at hand, <laughs> about my friend. creating when you don't feel like it? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. Like I've never been forced to create when I didn't really feel it. I think my biggest thing is that I'm lazy, and most times I'm just like, eh, I don't know if you like doing it today. Um, but I that's think nice, though. I think that's how it should be, actually. Mm. Great it, when you can. It should be when you're not lazy as a person. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. <laughs> there's some points, but yeah. Because yeah. like, well, I guess it's also because like I got so much else going on that I, I don't prioritize creating as much as I would like to, just because like school and work and girlfriend. You know, like it just it falls sure. to, it falls to the back burner most most of the days. But you don't really find you're ever in a scenario where you have to, huh? Right. So what I was going to get to is I think that if I was, if somebody was like, hey, we're playing a show uh, two weeks from now, we need you to write a song for it. Like I think I could do it. I've, I've done it mm. before. I mean, back in high school when we were playing shows that happened, yeah. like we had booked a, a show and we hated our set. So we wanted to make new songs for it, So we did it. So, I mean, obviously that's a group effort. So it's a little bit different, but I mean, I think that I generally perform well under pressure. I'm a procrastinator because the closer the deadline gets for a homework project is due, the, you know, the better I do it like at oh, the very yeah, end. Too. So like, too, like I think that I think pressure forces me to work. So I think, I don't know. Well, I think you're I the only it. one here who like in, as far as like in the last few years, hasn't really done like creative for hire. Yeah, true. You know, so that's a different perspective. Well, I mean, I'm honestly, like, nice. I mean, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of taking a different path than all of you also like in life. So I am a little bit of a, of a, yeah, I'll, a I have an outlier here. One day, man. Thanks dude. I hope so. You're going to, Josh is actually going to be my doctor when he grows up. Woo. We'll see. Oh wow. That's a lot Doc of, Rod. Doc, Doc Rod. Doc Rod is the name of this pod. Doc Rod pod. The Doc Rod pod. Doc Rod pod. Oh, oh we just created a great <laughs> high five. You know, I think we need like a high five mic in the middle of the table just for when we need yeah. yeah. a room mic. A room mic, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah. live studio audience, okay. man, okay. you can't hear him at all, in- dude. In- <sighs> <sighs> and that was great, uh, Josh. It's so funny. The, the, close, <laughs> the closer I have for this, real quick, is because uh, oh, we, we got to close. Yeah, probably. At some yeah. point, I'll think we should retract this whole thing, though. I think we should scrap it. No, so creative uh, process it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> we're just getting going, dude. Oh, no, we didn't have it today. I don't oh, got man. it. <laughs> but maybe if you paid me, I could have it. Dude, oh gosh, we're gonna dude, pay you for this, right? Um, you got free alcohol. Where was probably the most interesting creative time for you? I think for me, I'm gonna start because I just thought of something in my head. My one of my favorite times creating was with my friend Matt in high school. Um, we were both in choir together with a lot of our other friends and we would do this thing where whenever our choir would go on an out of town trip and like for like a, like a weekend or a multiple days to where we were in a hotel or anything, we'd bring all of our recording gear. So we'd bring our interfaces and, uh, and a computer and everything and mics and we'd record in the hotel. We'd stay up all night recording in the hotel rooms. And, uh, I remember one time they were, it was like the beginning of the week. And because it was high school, you know, the adults come in at the beginning of the week and are like, or the beginning of the trip, they come in the room like, okay, are you guys all good? You don't have any drugs or illegal women in this room or something? Illegal women? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) We're going there. (laughs) And so, um, 
No, we'd have like there was a moment we had like oh god, we had a like a tiny condenser mic, like a like a pencil overhead gaff tape to the ceiling of our room hanging down. And Why? like we're just recording just ambience, <laughs> oh. man. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. It was sophomore year. I barely I think it was brilliant. Well, I thought it was I had just got my first recording interface and I was like, I want to experiment in the archives. And we, yeah. <laughs> and we would record and uh like it was terrible and um like by most people's standards, but we freaking loved it and that was the most enjoyable time was jamming out and like just doing something neat. Just jamming. Yeah. What are some of your guys' favorite, like, favorite creative moments? Adam? Uh, Adam, I've got got a couple. So, um, when I first started getting into writing music and um, decided it's something I really wanted to become passionate about and something I wanted to do, like, a lot, um, that was back in my first couple years of high school, I think. It was where my my best friend would come over and we'd just hang out on the computer all day. Instead of playing video games, we'd just write music and just brainstorm. And there was like, there were no borders. There was no limitations. Like, it's because we didn't know anything about how to write music. Is anything is possible? It was more innocent. Yeah, almost in a way. I I didn't know what chord progression sounded good. I didn't know what a time signature was. I didn't know how you should do certain rock beats, drum beats, whatever. What a bass line sounded like. So it's it's just like a huge exploratory process of just trying new things and any time you try something new it's like mind-blowing it's like oh my gosh crash cymbal on beat one sounds amazing it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> revolutionary chord. idea yeah and it's what just, it's just, yeah like ty said very innocent time where just the period of discovery yeah it's just so, <laughs> it's so everything is novel and, yeah anything was possible and yeah. uh my other one that where i just absolutely like revel in thinking about writing music till like whenever three, four in the morning is when I was trying to do something brand new, trying to push myself and doing something like consciously thinking with every note that I write is, have I done something like this before? Or have I tried writing either in this method or like this sound? Have I tried this style before? And I also found that like continuing to discover new things that way was really uh, satisfying. So, mm. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like you. Oh, gosh. Oh, Adam. <laughs> right here, man. Wow. <laughs> I, I love uh, that, dude. <laughs> Wait, which part? No, the whole, All of like, the, the, whole write, the whole writing with no pretext. Yeah. 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 Very cool. I agree. And writing with people. I can't write yes. with people. I, uh, I, don't I haven't done that much. That. It is it is a definitely a good way to break out of your comfort zone. Just like half half the time you gotta be like, okay, I'm gonna trust this your way or I actually kinda have a cool story. It's a small tangent. Go for it. So I would love to hear it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, what kind of pressure for time so I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, <laughs> one summer, this is two thousand eleven, so it's about five years ago. Um I took Damn. a bunch of music classes. Uh, over the summer called Summer Arts and this one night Sarts. <laughs> they gave us this project and they put us in pairs and they're like okay you guys have to write a song uh, I think it was to like some random movie scene or something and you've got you've got one day to do it and ready set go and so uh, this girl I was working with her name was Alexa we would I was with a girl uh, oh, 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 so this is why it was your favorite <laughs> stop 
Continue, Adam. Okay, thank you. Derailed the dire bar. Adam, continue your story, my friend. So, um, we spent the whole day like at the piano. We we got like we got nowhere, and and yet everywhere all at once. It's like we we started brainstorming stuff. We were uh, came up with melodies, chord progressions, and whatnot. And like kiss? No, we did not. Which came first? Hands. With holding hands. Melody? No. Oh. The melody or the the chord progression. This is the interesting part. They both I knew at it. the same time, okay? What? Whoa! You got a melody in my chord yeah, progression. Like, <laughs> did you find a renewable energy source as well? Yes. <laughs> so what happened is we got to the end of the day. It was like 10 p.m. We were like, oh, okay, this is due in the morning. How are we going to do this? So... We just we, we prayed a little bit about it and we went home and I was like oh, okay Alexa I'm gonna go write I'm gonna essentially write the backing track I'm gonna write some chords mm. uh, some some basic outline of this and she's like cool I'll go home I'll write the lyrics and I'll write the basic melody we come back the next morning and they just they mesh together two perfectly. completely different keys no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we already like had that sentence oh, <laughs> but like we it came together perfectly and. It was just an awesome collaborative project that I, I'll never forget. It just worked so well. It was That's really super cool. cool. And you sold it to Carly Rae Jepsen and Call Me Maybe I, was born. Exactly. <laughs> Man, what a story. Yeah. Boom. 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 Nope. Yeah, that's so, how it goes. <laughs> dude, oh, gosh. So, uh, so if we're going order of operations, uh, order of operations, order the people. That t- hey, J-Rod, you're next. Hey. Hey, yeah. Do You've you, uh, done both. You spend a lot of time creating with people and a lot of time creating yourself. That is true. Um, if we're talking about favorite creative experiences, uh, I would have to say that um, not so much as one uh, experience, so much as this period of my life right now, I think is my favorite that I've been creatively because um, I feel like, I don't know, it's so hard. To say. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I feel like the most free from trying to fit into the worship music or the Fresno metal scene. Or <laughs> oh man, that Fresno metal scene. <laughs> you don't want to fit into that? <laughs> Come on, man. You can shoehorn your way into that thing, no problem. <laughs> no, listen. It's great. Um, you know, like, I don't know. I like, as far as like writing words, like I kind of, oh, like oh, since like high school, I've always felt like, uh, like I'm not good at writing lyrics, so I'll try to do it better. Um, and it wasn't until like recently, like the past few months that I've been like, man, words like like songs i just i would get that tattooed somewhere okay um and i was like i was like i'm not good at writing lyrics i'm not good at writing verses and choruses like i i just i don't have like i get so caught up in the form of it i'm comfortable like writing essays like essay format and so Mm. i started doing that with my thoughts that i had and like it's i've loved it like i just i keep them on my computer like i don't even share them or anything i just like i just write pages and it's like it's been satisfying that kind of creative um, itch that I've had in a way that I never really had before. And that is also kind of what I'm doing with music too. I was like, I'm not trying to write like a certain kind of music necessarily. Like I'm writing just stuff that I don't know that, like I said before, like that I want to do for myself. And I feel like I'm doing that for the first time. So I'm liking what I'm creating now for the first time, really. Mm. Yeah. So your favorite creative experiences are like right now. Yeah. They're, they're happening. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. It's enviable. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, actually, when Adam was talking, it really got me thinking about um, when I was growing up and like what my first creative experiences were. And um, I had a few friends that I would hang out with, and we would always talk about like. Um, as dumb as it sounds, like the premises for like movies and stuff like that. So like we would have like our action figures and stuff together and like like get together little ideas for like films and movies and all that different stuff. Writing movies. There you go. <laughs> um, but I always was really captivated with the um, with the musical side of of that, like like creating like a soundtrack. And in my head, um, I always felt like I had an idea of what this like quote unquote movie we were creating should sound like. Uh, and it was one of those things where it was really hard to express being a kid and not being able to pick up an instrument and be able to like, um, just, you know, put pen to paper, so to speak, and be able to express it that way. And so I don't know, it's, there's definitely that innocence of like, you know what it should sound like in your head. Um, and in, in and of itself, even though it was never really recorded in any capacity, I mean, those were some amazing experiences. And I still think back to that time really, really fondly of um, you know, just being able to create without consequence and create without um, I don't know, without expectation. Um, so I definitely think that those were, you know, were amazing times. Um, and I think even like, I'm just going to copy everyone's answers, but like, Dan, like back when I was in high school, like hanging out with friends and just playing um, stupid little cover songs and you know our own little crappy originals, that that felt amazing. And and even now, like I, even though I feel like I'm in a period where I'm not necessarily creating a whole lot, I really ultimately want to be optimistic that eventually I, I would like to think that you know this isn't the end of my creative career. And that I'll continue to create in some capacity in the future. So I, hopefully, I, I'd like to think that my best days are ahead of me. You know, so hopefully, I can be optimistic <laughs> in that. Um, but I don't know. Who have knows? You, have you guys seen the Netflix series Love? No, mm-hmm. it's good. You guys should all watch it. Um, but the the main the, the, the main character and his group it. of friends they all get together and they pick like a movie that doesn't have a theme song and they write a theme song for it. And it's like they're just way of hanging out and having fun. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me like what you were saying about like, yeah. like you know, writing like a theme song for a movie or whatever. Um, I think it, I think it's like, this is a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like, like having fun and like, I don't know. Movies yeah. are a great, you know, backdrop Absolutely. for music. And like, again, growing up, like just having this idea of like what a score could be without really understanding the, mm-hmm. you know, the box that you're basically, you know, put in for that. Mm-hmm. It was really, really weird. Um, Looking back on it now and being like, "Wow, that's kind of cool," you know that mm-hmm. I had that aspiration definitely as a kid. So. Right, what about you? Favorite creative time? Um, man, I would say, uh, shoot, probably, probably during the time that I was in a band a few years ago, um, being able to to have actually the really extreme pressure of like, this is going to affect a lot of things um, because you're putting your name on it and stuff like that. And then it's like going on the record, if that makes sense. Um, but being able to like do that with, um, with different people, different artists, being able to co-write, being able to write within just the band and um, writing parts and 
getting a nerd out, figuring out how like I wanted to do it live and how to put this together to be like a show. Mm. Um, that was like, and the pressure there being like that people would like pay to be there for. So you want it to be good, which is scary, but it definitely ups the pressure even more to like, and the desire to really make it something um, cinematic if that makes sense, absolutely. Um, yeah. That and and then probably uh, being able to do uh, a lot of the arrangements and some of the musical writing for um, for actually church music because um, I really enjoy that. There are uh, different events that um, that I get to do that for, and that's super fun too. And I actually don't really do that with anybody. Um, we come together and play it together and, and figure stuff out, you know, little things here and there. But that, for the most part, is just in my own head, and, and that's fun too. So I like I like doing it with people. I like doing it by myself and and all that. And um, yeah, doing a little bit of both with uh, producing is fun too. Like working on something with uh, Caleb Hewlin, our good. Friend. Oh man, Shout out to Caleb. that yeah, guy. We, we love Caleb. him. Dude, He's awesome. I can talk about that guy for an entire podcast. Oh, we <laughs> easily could. Hashtag. Oh, oh. Daniel said it, not me. Hey, um, real quick, I do actually just really want to say that uh, I really like that you use the word cinematic uh, in your yeah. um, description of your passion. Oh, me? Yes, yes, yes. I was doing that thing where I wasn't looking at you, but I was still right, talking to you. Right, 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 right. Um, right. Yeah, because I think that's a huge, huge element of, of live performance is kind of the, the visual love aspect. Live performance. Hey, I love live love performance. It. Every time that I get to, let me just say, I've gotten to, to live perform with all of you except Adam, uh, actually. But even even Adam has in been at the board. You've done away with Adam, way. too. Come on. I take that. Come I am so, forgive me. Forgive me, Adam, oh for I have sinned against you, my friend. Adam is, Adam we is have, the heart behind every creative thing. Ultimately, okay, so oh, if, if, we are, if we're starting to wrap this up, for real, though, um, I... I feel like I can take great pride in the fact that um, I've really gotten to take the opportunity to really create with all all of you guys here at the table, which is awesome. Um, and if anything, we just all, I know I'm making this joke all night, but we all just created this podcast. So, uh, whoa, dude, isn't that crazy? But yeah, I, I, I do really take pride in the fact that I've gotten to create in different capacities with all of you guys. Um, and I just think that ultimately, um, you are some beautiful minds, so you have a hot soul. <laughs> where, where do you go from there? Oh gosh, this is time for closing thoughts. Really, wait, Josh just made I thought his. that was closing thoughts. Yeah, Josh just made his. Make your closing thoughts. Everybody's <laughs> closing thoughts. I thought we just did that with the whole last question. That was the last question, dude. I had a lot of fun because yeah, I enjoyed, dude. <laughs> I've enjoyed over the years creating with every single one of you. I've enjoyed um, yeah, even being able to play a small part in you know creative endeavors that we've got to be a part a part of. And you know, I it, there's a very big insecurity in my life of me always feeling like I have the least creatively to offer. And I know that's just my stupid. It's head. cool, dude. You everybody can play bass. That way, I think. Yeah, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, you're a bass player. You know how that feels. Yeah. Like everybody, yeah. everybody <laughs> has that moment. But I think the 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 great thing is like, well, I can't sit in a room, like, and write a song with a group of five guys. I can get together 
and say, hey, I am going to like work my ass off for what my portion of this contribution is going to be, and it's all going to go to create something greater. Mm. Yeah. And that is my fa- that for me like sums up probably my favorite part of cre- of of being creative is doing something to where I can put my heart and soul behind something that everybody else is working towards in their own way and create something bigger than the group. I love Absolutely. it. That's why that's I look forward to that. I look forward Amen, to that. Amen, brother. Amen. Preach it, brother. Preach um, it. That's mm. my, dude, that was my favorite part of our end of the year party. This is my favorite part of doing breakaway every year. And even in the weekend and week out of Sunday of Adam, I've only known you for less than a year now. Like probably about a year now. And getting to getting to be on stage and having you back at the booth. Um like it's been incredible because I've enjoyed like the just the symbiotic relationship of we work. Adam with each other is the most roles. important thing in my life right now. Oh my gosh. Adam, 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 I, I wanna just say that out of the five of us here, Adam is probably the most stable. Whoa, whoa, dude. Whoa, shots fired. Bro. I mean I don't, know, I don't know about you I don't know about you guys. I'm not very but the one to say out of the five of us if you <laughs> Um I don't know. Well, Y'all are. Uh, I mean, Rome. but let's think about it. He probably is. He probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Adam Adam Kaler is about six foot two. Um, he's a uh, remarkable gentleman. Oh my gosh. And uh, ladies, he's currently single. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> so are no, you're not. So are eighty percent of this table. That's that good, is that's good math Single right and ready to flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> Check my Twitter picture, dude. <laughs> oh I'm just saying, I'm all about that picture right now. It's pretty great. You got to keep that Twitter picture for. Yeah, me. you didn't even notice when no, I changed I, no, it. No, I did. You got to keep that Twitter picture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep no. it for a calendar week. No, you have to keep it for three weeks because that's when this episode comes out. Oh yeah! Oh, dang it! Yeah, yeah, it's like, three weeks. You you're stuck to it. Can you put or that or just put it back. take it off now? Put, take it off now. Put it put back. It okay, I might just do that. But hey, um, okay. we uh, probably should yeah, end this within do like twelve dude, seconds. Dude, this has been incredible. Yeah, man. Ty, why don't you why don't you wrap this thing up for us, real quick, man? All right, let's wrap it up. Wrapped. That's how you're gonna wrap it up. Yeah. We'll see you next Gosh, time. This went way better than I thought it was going to. That's um, not what I meant by wrapping up. We haven't had to wrap it up. You see that we I failed. Okay, all of a sudden, Ty, your last thoughts on Bernie Sanders. Oh, I can't stand him. All right. All right. We're wrapped up. All right, we'll see you all later. On the political episode. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs>